Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas, on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. We would teach classes, and many of them are on discipleship. Excellent material, some navigator's material, some other material we would use. But uh, to my knowledge, none of the people, and they were good-sized classes, sometimes as many as 20, but usually 12 to 20. To my knowledge, none of the people that were in that class uh, are, are continuing to live lives of discipleship in such a way to make other disciples except those with whom either I have spent or my wife and I have spent individual personal time. What really makes a difference in the spiritual lives of others? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining me today for this podcast with Dr. Richard Spann. How can a person make the maximal impact in the spiritual lives of those we want to encourage in their walk with the Lord? Today, Dr. Richard Spann, former director of the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators, shares with us three key principles in this area. Number one, discipleship is more caught than taught. Number two, you can impress from a distance, but to make an impact, you must be up close. And number three, live your life in such a way that it becomes a mark and not a blur. Let's get right to today's interview. Yeah, the other one I think is related to discipleship, and there's actually three that are similar to this, but I think the title of this one is Discipleship is More Caught Than Taught. But I think it also embraces the thought that you can impress from a distance, but you only have impact when you're up close. And David reminded me just recently that it also dovetails with one that live your life in such a way that your life becomes a mark, not a blur. Uh, And to back up for a moment on discipleship in our church and in another church that I attended years ago, we would teach classes, and many of them were on discipleship, excellent material, some navigator's material, some other material we would use. But uh, to my knowledge, none of the people, and they were good-sized classes, sometimes as many as 20, but usually 12 to 20. To my knowledge, none of the people that were in that class uh, are, are continuing to live lives of discipleship in such a way to make other disciples except those with whom 
either I have spent or my wife and I have spent individual personal time. So discipleship is caught really rather than taught. And I think you need to live up close to people in order to impact that. So many parts of your lives are caught just by uh, listening, observing, rather than the didactic. It's the one-on-one, I think, that really will make the difference. And we're familiar with Second Timothy 2.2, the things you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit out of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. But Paul also said in Philippians 4.9, that which you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The idea there is that people are observant and they catch things from simply being around us in our lives that are important to them in their walk. I think later on, I think in Second Timothy 3, he talks about Uh, You know all about my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, the kind of things that happened to me, Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. This refers to a great number of things other than that which we uh, have or can teach simply on a didactic session. So I think the importance of being with people for a period of time is, is very important. And you create kind of a DNA. They begin to do and be with others what you were with them, even at a very beginning level. And I remember an individual that I shared the gospel with, and this is way back last century, nearly 50 years ago, (laughs) 1972 it was, but we met downtown at a store that's no longer there, but I happened to have a little booklet written by C.S. Levitt called, um, I think, The Warpath or The Battle. I think The Battle was the title of it. And so I pulled that out and shared that with him. It was well written. And he trusted the Lord there in the restaurant. And I began to continue to spend time with him. And he had a friend that was needing to know the Lord as well. And I would pray with him about his friend and ask him how he was doing in terms of sharing the gospel with him. And he said, I'd really love to share the gospel with you, but I can't find another one of those little brochures. (laughs) I mean, he was so programmed to what I had done for him that he didn't know any other way to do it. And I think this reminds me of of a... story by Howard Hendricks who once mentioned people will do what you have done for them not what you ask them to do for others and Howard had told his students that he ought to go that they ought to go out and be involved in Bible studies with the people in the congregations so he went out to see how they were doing with that and he found that his students were standing up there in the pulpit telling the people that they ought to go out and be involved in Bible studies. They weren't being involved in Bible studies. They were telling the people they ought to. They were doing for others what Howard had done for them. And that is such a hard lesson to learn. I remember an individual that really needed a change in a certain part in his life, and I prayed for him, and I found the perfect booklet, I think, to really help him on that. And I gave it to him, suggesting he read that. 
And I and I visit with him a month or so later. And he says, "Oh yeah, I gave that to someone else." He didn't read it at all. He uh-huh. simply did what I did for him. Uh, he had given it to someone else, just like I'd given it to him. Mm-hmm. So it is. It has been a lesson for me to learn that if I want a person to to do an activity in their life in evangelism, discipleship, then I must do that with them. They will they will repeat for others what I do for them, and I think in terms of being caught, I remember an individual that my wife and I spent time with, uh, probably in the eighties. They now live in in Texas, but I was visiting with him a couple of years ago, and he said, "Well, he said one of the men that I'm discipling, I." I uh, he, his life was really not where it should be with his family and so I shared with him the same thing you shared with me about time with his wife and I said well I don't remember sharing anything with you about that he says well you, you didn't exactly but you, I wanted you to come to lead a Bible study at my office and I suggested Tuesday and you said no you couldn't do that on Tuesday noon and uh, I asked why, and he said, well, because every Tuesday and Friday you told me you spend time with your wife. That's your time with your wife. That's a priority for you. He said, and I, I, I noticed that, and so that's what I began doing, and that's what I think this fellow should do as well. And I didn't teach that to him deliberately. He simply caught that. And I think there are things that that people catch from our lives and that we need to be close enough to them in order that they would catch, in order that their lives would become a mark and not a blur. And David reminded me of that particular devotional because in that devotional, Paul had mentioned three things that are important in our lives that we need to transmit to others so their lives would be a mark instead of a blur. One of these is affections. In Colossians 3, 1 and 2, one is ambitions. And there are several places we might look there. One is Colossians 1, 28 and 29. And the third uh, is that of uh, attitude in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. And specifically our affections, uh, and it talks about in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, if he then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. Our desires, our affections, that which we really value, that which we look forward to being a part of and being a part of our lives, are transmitted only when we live up close to others. Because those are the things, if our affections are set on him, then our life is going to be one of praise. It's going to be one of, of uh, prayer. It's going to be one of proclamation. And that is a life that will make uh, a difference, a life that will make a mark, not a blur. And the second of these that Paul mentioned was uh, uh, his ambition, uh, and just to pick from a different verse than what I used before, but in Colossians 1, 20 and 29, it says, So naturally we proclaim Christ. We warn everyone we meet. We teach everyone we can all that we know about him so that if possible, we may bring every man up to his full maturity in Christ. 
And this was Paul's ambition. And by living close to others, they pick up on that ambition as well. And their life becomes a mark, not a blur. And the last is that of uh, attitude. And this is Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider the quality with God something to be grasped. And it goes on and describes further what he did. But that ambition also is translated in the uh, King James's mind. Let this mind be in you. G. Campbell Morgan mentions that mind in this respect. The essence of that mind was love. Its consciousness was joy. And its expression was self-sacrifice. So if we live with others with that in our mind, if that is our uh, attitude for that mind, that attitude to be in us, they will pick up and they will catch that it is a life of joy, ex- an expression of self-sacrifice, and and their lives will be uh, transformed in a way that it will make a mark, not a blur. So all of these deal with the area of discipleship, two or three, but I thought it would be worthwhile to mm-hmm. cover that topic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, concerning the issue of sacrifice, I think you have mentioned before that the greater we do sacrifice for someone and meeting with them, uh, putting them first before our own agenda perhaps, uh, the greater impact it seems to have on people. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think so. I think we're often... We often shy from sacrifice. The measure that we do, I think, that we lessen our visibility, lessen our our love that we show to them, and lessen the the, the salt and light, perhaps that we should be. That last thought about sacrifice reminds me of a situation that occurred in my life some 40 years ago. The time was about 5.30 in the morning, and I looked out the window and saw the figure of a man approaching the front of the VA Medical Center in Wichita. It was truly one of those dark, cold, and rainy mornings. He had asked me before if I would be willing to get together to read the Bible, review some scripture memory verses, and to pray. No, I said I really couldn't do that at this time in my life. You see, I was a medical student, and as such, I needed to see all the patients on our service in the hospital that morning and write notes on their charts before the residents did. The residents, in turn, had to see them before the attending did. Therefore, that would be way too early for me to do that. But he said, well, how about if I come to the VA at 5.30 every Wednesday morning before you get started? You know, he was a busy pulmonologist in Wichita who had his own patients to see, but he was willing to sacrifice for me and my spiritual growth. He was willing to impact me up close. His life has been a mark and not a blur. That man, of course, was Dr. Richard Spann, and he has made such an impact on my own life and the lives of countless others. Join me next time as we hear more from Dr. Spann and learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.